Good morning. Good morning. The Lord be with you. And also with you. A very warm welcome to our service this morning, which is morning prayer. And we especially welcome any visitors, anybody who's here for the first time or who has, hasn't been here for some time because of illness or if you've returned from holidays, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. I've returned from mine, so I have a sad countenance. <laughs> um, as we welcome everybody this morning, <coughs> we welcome, we thank Jenny Smith and Martina uh, Whiteside, who are the two lesson readers for us this morning, the Old Testament and the New Testament readings. Just to set our minds right, we remember words from Isaiah chapter 55, Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Beloved in Christ, we come together to offer to Almighty God our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness, to hear his holy word proclaimed to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world, and to pray that in the power of his Spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. But first, let us take a moment to confess our sins to God our Father. And into the silence we bring before God anything we would wish to confess before him, to ask his forgiveness, and to receive his mercy and strength to serve him better. And so together we confess. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbor in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand as God's forgiven people. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, Praise the Lord. And the psalm appointed for this morning is Psalm 128. Psalm 128. We say this psalm in alternate half verses. Blessed are all who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of the toil of your hands. It shall go well with you, and happy shall you be. Your wife, your wife within your house shall be like a fruitful vine, 
your children round your table like fresh olive branches. Thus shall the one be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord from out of Zion bless you. That you may see Jerusalem in prosperity all the days of your life. May you see your children's children. And may there be peace upon Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and shall be forever. Amen. Amen. We sit for the first reading. Our weekly readings have reminded us that Abraham and his family were immigrants. They sent back to their homeland to find wives for their sons. Jacob had met his beautiful cousin Rachel, but her father Laban manages to get his elder daughter married first, according to the custom. The Old Testament reading is from Genesis chapter 29, beginning at verse 15. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were lovely, but Rachel was graceful and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love that he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his maid Zilpha to his daughter Leah to be her maid. When morning came, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, what have you done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Laban said, this is not done in our country, giving the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other one also, in return for serving me for another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as a wife. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We stand as we say together the first part of the Te Deum Laudamus. We praise you, O God. We acclaim you as the Lord. All creation worship you, the Father everlasting. To you, all angels, all the powers of heaven, the cherubim and seraphim sing in endless praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. The glorious company of apostles praise you. The noble fellowship of prophets praise you. The white-robed army of martyrs praise you. Throughout the world, the holy church acclaims you. 
Father of majesty unbounded, your true and only Son, worthy of all praise, the Holy Spirit, advocate and guide. Please be seated for the second reading. Most of Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of heaven came in parables. Not everyone could instantly understand them, but they were cherished by the first Christians. Here, he gives four such illustrations to show the immense value and vast size of his kingdom. The New Testament reading is from Matthew, chapter 13, beginning at verse 31. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. On finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. When it was full, they drew it ashore, sat down and put the good into baskets, but threw out the bad. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all this? They answered, yes. And he said to them, therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. We stand to say together the Jubilati Deo, page 104. O oh, shout to the Lord in triumph all the earth, serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his face with songs of joy. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his holy name. For the Lord is good, his loving mercy is forever, his faithfulness throughout all generations. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Words from the scriptures from the Old Testament reading this morning. Laban had two daughters. 
The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. In the early years of my ministry as rector in Gilnerhirk and subsequently in Utenards, the majority of wedding ceremonies in the community took place in church. Not only was it a more church-going era, but the only alternative in those days was the registry office, which was less photogenic and usually limited in space. Consequently, I could be, and indeed I was, overwhelmed by the number of weddings at which I was asked to officiate. The greatest number in one year when I was in Utenards was 29. And I know a former church warden of mine is present this morning who's now living in this area. And church wardens in those days would have said, there seemed to be another five or six to see you at the conclusion of this service. All that meant considerable preparation and many meetings with couples to enable me to get to know them well, to discuss with them their hopes and their expectations for a future, and often the reason they wish to marry in the first place in church with a Christian ceremony. As you and I realize, times have changed greatly. Now many opt for a secular ceremony in a hotel or elsewhere. With very rare exceptions, Church of Ireland clergy cannot officiate at a wedding ceremony outside a consecrated religious building. Of course, many couples live together for years without marrying. That is a simple statement of fact. Thankfully, we live in this country in a democracy where people have a perfect right to order their own lives, provided they abide by the laws of the land. Very often, I would ask a couple where they met. If they chose to tell me, it could vary. And you think about your own families as I mention some of these. We met at school at work, at a social evening, and occasionally at a church event. I met my own wife at one of those occasions. <laughs> and indeed, in the south of Ireland, and it shows how the word has changed. When I was a teenager, very often you would go to a service, and maybe it was a Harvest Thanksgiving service, in the hope that the girl you fancied might be there and you would get chatting to them afterwards. Now and then when I asked a couple about where they met, they would say that they met across a crowded room and they knew that it was love at first sight. Love at first sight? The Bible gives us a few examples of that, but I will consecrate this morning for a few minutes on the story of Jacob and Rachel. We read that they met at a well, and we sensed that romance was in the air almost immediately. However, this was to prove to be a very complex relationship 
in a very dysfunctional family. One, unfortunately, that was at war with itself. The central character, Jacob, had a dark side to him. Earlier in his life, encouraged by his mother, whose parenting skills, I have to say, were not great, he had deceived his father Isaac into giving him the birthright by impersonating his older brother Esau. That was an underhand thing to do. Just think of the bitterness that might result today if a family member was excluded from a will through deception. The outcome was that Jacob was forced to leave home as quickly as possible. He was advised to travel to the home of his uncle Laban, that was Rebecca's brother. But unfortunately, Laban was a man also lacking in principle. He was to play what we might call a dirty trick on Jacob. Jacob told Laban that he had fallen in love with his daughter, Rachel. That's okay, said Laban. Laban, work for me for seven years and you can marry her. However, as we heard earlier, he reneged on that promise. In a sense, he deceived Jacob. And as you reflect on that, history, in a sense, was repeating itself. Poor Jacob found himself hitched up with the wrong woman, with Leah, who was Rachel's sister. Laban now told Jacob that he could marry Rachel if he worked for him for another seven years. But such was Jacob's love for Rachel that he was prepared to wait. The story becomes very complex. In those days, polygamy was normal in Hebrew society. In other words, you could have more than one wife. And in the case of Jacob, we could say that he was to have three wives who bore him at least 12 sons. In time, his beloved Rachel gave him two of those sons, Joseph and Benjamin. Now, resulting from those complex relationships stem the family and the people known as the children of Israel. For Israel was another name for Jacob. This family was at the very center, therefore, of the Old Testament narrative. Now, maybe you can recall hearing or maybe singing the song. Certainly it was around about, oh, maybe 40 years ago now, maybe even more than that that love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. Remember that song? A few of you do. Okay. Well, like that song, the Old and the New Testament go together. For to understand the complex history of the Jewish or the Hebrew people leading up to the time of the ministry of Jesus, you cannot have one without the other. 
Now, sometimes people make the mistake of saying, well, anything that would have applied in the Old Testament times must apply still today. I, for one, and I'm not the only one, would question that. But I repeat what I said. You cannot have one without the other. As far as Jacob and Rachel were concerned, it was, as I suggested a little bit earlier, love at first sight. But that romantic story was to end in tragedy. For Rachel died in childbirth when Benjamin was born. Jacob's family story and history was not a happy one. When it came to deceit and treachery, Jacob's relatives were capable of the same deceit and the same underhand tricks as some families engage in to this very day. Just look at what some of Jacob's sons did to their brother Joseph out of jealousy and resentment. The story of Jacob, who became leader of a large family and subsequently informally of a nation, is one of a man who was to regret his treachery as a young adult. He was haunted by it, and he felt constantly punished by God. The words of my favourite psalm come to mind. O Lord, you have searched me out and known me. You know all my thoughts from afar. And perhaps we could describe that as a voice of conscience. This morning's New Testament reading, the parable of the mustard seed as told by Jesus, has something to contribute to the story of Jacob and his complex relationships. It is a fact that often we will reap what we sow. That parable includes a warning note. Make sure that we base our lives on good foundations so that we will not live to regret our foolishness. And that was a lesson that Jacob had to learn the hard way. Amen. Having heard the scriptures through the psalm, the Bible readings, and the canticles, and before we turn to the God who revealed himself through the scriptures, we confess that God, through the words of the Apostles' Creed, page 112. We stand. I believe, believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, 
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord. O Lord, save the King. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness. O Lord, save your people. Give peace in our time, O Lord. O God, make clean our hearts within us. The Collect of the Week. <coughs> blessed are you, O Lord, and blessed are those who observe and keep your law. Help us to seek you with our whole heart, to delight in your commandments, and to walk in the glorious liberty given us by your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And on page 114, we say together the first two prayers of morning prayer. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your protection, may not fear the power of any adversaries. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and ever-living God, we give you thanks for bringing us safely to this day. Keep us from falling into sin or running into danger, and in all things guide us to know and do your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. We continue in prayer. And Lord, we come before you in prayer, mindful that whatever our current circumstances, you work only for our good. We bring before you anything for which we are thankful, anything that concerns us, and anyone who we know to be in special need of your loving care. We remember, Lord, that nothing can separate us from your love, and so may the knowledge of your unfailing provision give comfort to those experiencing the pain of bereavement. We pray for the McConnell family following the death of Christina, and we continue to think of the Tolan family in their recent loss. Amen. Amen. We pray, Lord, for your church across our world, in neighbouring communities, and here in St. Columbus. Help us as your people to live our lives as residents of your kingdom here on earth. Teach us to recognise that the lessons learnt through your parables 
are relevant for our lives today. Heavenly Father, you ask that each of us spread your gospel wherever we may be. And even the smallest word or action on our part can have huge impact for the lives and well-being of others. We give thanks for our rich history of faith. And in St. Columbus, we look forward to reaching out further to others following the current church renovations. Help us, Lord, to appreciate what you have given to us and use this to share with others the power of your love. Amen. Amen. We continue to pray for all those experiencing violence and war. Remember also those whose lives have been changed irrevocably through devastating fires and extreme weather conditions. Help us to respond sympathetically and generously to those affected by events beyond their control. Teach us to live in a manner, Lord, that preserves the world we have been given for generations yet to come. Remind us that every thought and action has a consequence, and we should live mindful of our impact on others. These and all our prayers we offer in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. of God which passes all understanding 
keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. Have a good day wherever you are and good week ahead. And may God guide you through it. <coughs> Amen.